0: producer Michael Miracle here. And before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I work for him nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So head to our website, iWorkForhim.com, and click on the nation flag. Then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in I Work for him this afternoon as we broadcast live all over Tampa Bay on AM 579 10 and FM 102.1, as well as online at letstalkfaith.com and iHeartRadio.com. You can't miss us if you want to listen. And also, you there are all kinds of ways to listen to the podcast out there in iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher, as well as, Martha, you added us on another platform, Faith Play. Faith Play. Faith Play. That's yes. a new one. All right. Awesome. All right. So here's a question How much is enough? I mean, really, is it when you get your first house or your first new car? I mean, how much is enough? Is it when you get that big raise, go on a Hawaiian vacation, or maybe move to a house on the beach or your favorite golf course? I mean, how much is enough? When you send all your kids to private school or start your own company, or maybe when you you go on that vacation or you buy that vacation home, how much is enough? Today, you're going to find out. Today, you're going to hear from Karen Guess. She's the daughter of world-renowned financial advisor, Ron Blue. And you're going to find out how much is enough because she wrote the book about it. It's called <laughs> Never Enough, Three Key Ways, Three Keys to Financial Contentment. Karen Guess, welcome to I Work For Him.
1: Thank you. It's so good to be here.
0: It's a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun getting to know each other the last several hours, and it has been just refreshing. Uh, just We just had no agenda the last several hours, right, Martha?
2: Yeah, and we got to introduce her to Four Rivers Barbecue. Another free plug right here in our (laughs) work for you. Yeah, it's awesome. So I have a a question. Is the book never enough or never enough? It's never
1: enough. Like, is it it never enough or can we have enough or do we? What's the answer?
0: Question mark. Never enough. Is it never enough? Yeah, that's right. With just a little bit more. It's all we need. Just a little bit more. That's what Rockefeller said. More barbecue. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Four Rivers Barbecue barbecue right here in Tampa Bay brought to you by John Rivers and his incredible staff, a past guest and an incredible Christian run organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, Incredible. All right. So, Karen, you wrote this book along with your dad. Never enough. Three keys to financial contentment. But I want to hear. Let's get personal first Okay. because you're in town. First of all, why? Why are you in town? Why are you in Tampa today?
1: I'm in Tampa at the kind invitation of National Christian Foundation, Tampa. There's a meeting tomorrow called Plan to Give mm-hmm. for advisors, and they invited me to speak, which is so exciting. So I'm going to talk to financial advisors about how much is enough.
0: Never, enough. never enough. It's never. enough. That's right. All right. So tomorrow you're talking about it's never enough. So you're going to go through the book. You actually get to hit the book.
1: Yeah, we're going okay. to hit the book nice. pretty hard. Awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. So you're going to give them like you know cheat sheet notes to go off of, you know, or a. Uh, cons-
1: I'm going to give them three points and a poem at the end.
0: So almost like a Baptist preacher sermon.
1: Yes. All right. A lot like a Baptist preacher. Right. So <laughs> what
0: Karen is talking about is the plan to give conference, which annually is put on by the national Christian foundation right here in Tampa Bay. You can find out more about it online at plan to give conference.com plan to And I think if you call the national Christian foundation offices right now, you may even be able to still get tickets. I think there's still some left, but you just got to go online. Plan to give conference.com plan to give And, Yours truly will be the MC tomorrow. What a high honor because you guys all know how much I love the National Christian Foundation. Mm-hmm. If you are a Christ follower who wants to learn to be generous and wants to have somebody help you facilitate that, the National Christian Foundation is perfectly equipped to help you do that. Just go online to ncfgiving.com and you'll see what they can do. All right, there's enough of that uh, the little advertising. Plan to giveconference.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Karen, you grew up in, like I said, a storied household. I mean, Ron Blue in Christendom, certainly among financial planners and people that understand the biblical principles of finance and money, everybody knows about Ron Blue. They don't necessarily know Ron Blue, but they at least heard They're that name them. or they think it's really cool because, you know, he's got a color in his name. He does. You have, I mean, but the whole your whole lifetime, your dad has been uh, exploring and understanding what's the Bible really say about all this stuff? So, I mean, over dinner, did he quiz you, or I mean, what, what what was life like growing up in that household? Because you're not the you didn't end up a financial planner.
1: No, not at all. See, so I'm one of five children. I'm the middle. I'm the third daughter. Oh, and you're that middle I child. I am. Everything about it is true. So, <laughs> so, but that's not the topic for today. <laughs> that's right? Not no birth that's order. A that's Tuesday topic. Day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, my dad, he did. Speak and write a lot when I was growing up. And he had an entire class of examples that he called Karenisms, that were all the things that I had done wrong with my money. And <laughs> so none of my siblings got to have that same honor, but it was pretty precious because he named a whole segment of his best examples after me. So I probably wasn't the easiest person to raise around money. In fact, they put us on a budget. Um, I was nine when my parents I was gonna say three and a half
0: you're in a budget
1: yeah yeah no I was nine when they decided the envelope system was for everybody in our house so we, we all got envelopes um mine I had five envelopes you know the things you would think of giving saving spending they had aspire clothes gifts for friends but I had emotional like total breakdown about four months into the whole thing because at nine yeah you had an emotional because breakdown. there was too much structure I couldn't take it so I they were very kind. They sat me down and we added a sixth envelope and it was the flit envelope and I could do whatever I wanted to with it. It was money that didn't have any assignment at all. And that solved my problem and to this day.
0: You called the flit, flit?
1: flit. Like flit your money away, do whatever
0: <laughs> It must be a southern term. Flit. Okay.
1: That's good. That's... So it worked. I learned a lot of grace. Because they really were my parents were super intentional and we talked about money and I got to travel with my dad all over, and that was awesome. But they really engaged with us where we were and who we were and kind of helped us figure it out based on the way God had made us.
0: So as five siblings, yeah, are, is there any of you that uh, didn't quite get the financial thing, or was it so beat in? Oh, not- <laughs> Oh, move on to a different question. No. Sorry, that was the right question to ask, but apparently Karen does not want to throw one of her siblings under the bus. <laughs> wow. We said this would be a free-flowing conversation. Martha, no, rest me No, everybody does you?
2: great. <laughs> of course, they're perfect. Lying on the air. I think children are always perfect, right?
0: hmm
2: <clears throat> Right So did I, I have this question <laughs> though I'll rescue you Somebody did, rescue Did me, all please. of your siblings Get a flit envelope Or did no. they not need it No they didn't need it okay. No really I, I think
1: Yes I would say That's what I learned about money Is that it is There are principles And this is in the book But it is not formulaic And as we Seek to kind of figure out How we Wrestle with money issues Because money issues Are heart issues mm-hmm. Each of our hearts Are different God made us each different So our money issues will bring up things about ourselves that we get to deal with before the Lord in, in relationship. And I think my parents were really good about passing on principles without making it be a formula that we felt like we couldn't attain or mm. had to live within.
0: So oh, and, and, and as you know, you have three children, but growing up among five, all five of you are different. Super different. Yeah. And, and so you received that instruction just a little bit differently. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's interesting. So as you saw the principles applied, every, all five of you applied them differently. somewhat differently. Exactly. That's where we'll leave that, yeah, I Yeah,
1: yeah. In fact, one year, my sister, who's an elementary school teacher, rewrote my dad's first book as a Dr. Seuss uh, rhyme. No. Illustrated and everything, yeah. Did it ever it get published? way better than this book. Did it ever get published? <laughs> yeah, no. It was a masterpiece, though. Well, I,
2: where is it? I don't know.
1: It's lost to, to history. Daily heirloom no. Yeah, but it really was amazing. So you never know how it's going to play out.
0: That we got to dig I up. I know.
1: I really do need to find it. She, yeah, she's... She teaches special needs fourth graders, so you can imagine she's pretty quick on her toes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love
0: man. it. Man, ah, okay, yeah. all right. Well, all right. So, what was the bit? You know, as you you were going back and helping your dad compile a lot of his thoughts and put it in this book. Never enough. Three keys to financial contentment. Hey, you can get a copy. We're going to give away some copies of this book after the mm-hmm. bottom of the half hour. Never enough. Ron Blue with Karen Guest. What was, when you were moving out of the household and going off to Wake Forest, what was the number one thing that you retained, more than anything else, about growing up in, you know, financial guru world?
1: Well, you know, honestly, it was the thing that he said more than anything else, which was that God owns it all. And I think in every season of life, that gets to work itself out differently. Uh, but I, if that mantra was permanent in our house and my parents lived that out and I think they planted that in each of us that our money is God's money and so as he directs our lives he's going to also ask us to do and steward money in certain ways it's like our jobs and our time and our money they're all his so
0: and when we come back from the break we want to dig a little bit deeper into that how how the Lord has taken that training and carried it forward because you didn't go on to become a financial planner you went on to become an English teacher yep which is very scary for me to have an English teacher on one of the other microphones <laughs> in the studio. Not my best subject. As most of you know, you've heard me speak on the radio. We're talking today with Karen Guess, who wrote this book along with her dad, Ron Blue. Never Enough, Three Keys to Financial Contentment. Every Christ follower in America needs to understand the power of Philippians three eleven through 13. We have to learn to be content, because otherwise it will never be enough. Karen, why this book why this topic why contentment
1: well i think contentment is a word we don't use much in our world we talk about a lot of things we don't use much (laughs) we talk about freedom we talk about financial confidence we talk about financial planning but really the call in scripture is to contentment when it comes to our money so we thought it would be worthy to look at that topic a little bit more in depth
0: and martha there's probably not any Mm -hmm. other topic in the marital world that has impacted us more than that one word
2: yes i agree and i think one of the things that we set out after we started to understand the concept of um, biblical contentment and and um, our finances that we wanted others to hear that as well and so that's been something that as we've mentored couples and we've talked and we've taught um if people can learn it earlier in their life than we did, we feel like that's an accomplishment. Sure. Because the, the you know, everything that we've learned in our lives that has been impactful, you know, we just think, okay, if we had to learn this earlier, what things could we have avoided or what could we what place would we be in that we aren't in now? And so we just hope that The listeners are gaining a perspective that they maybe never had before and can start today and say, what does God want for me? What is God calling me to do and what's biblical and how should I look at that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's an
1: interesting thing because we have that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's on lots of T-shirts and Mm -hmm. it's a rallying cry for so much. But if you read it in context, that verse specifically applies to learning to be content and doing it in God's strength,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it's not—it's uh, not something you just kind of can flip a switch on. It's a process.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's a learning process. Yeah. I mean, and that's what Paul said. I have learned to be content, whatever yeah. my circumstances are. Okay, I, again, growing up <laughs> under the tutelage, direct tutelage, and disciplinary hand of Ron Blue. <laughs> which you know, I was thinking about while we were having lunch today, nobody knows anything about your mom.
1: Oh, but she is not a small force in the world.
0: She couldn't be because behind every great man of God, there's always an incredible woman of God. So your mom must be an incredible woman of faith. She
1: is. Yes, she's awesome. Judy Blue, you don't mess with Judy Blue. She's awesome. (laughs) She has more vision, more energy, more direction, more insight. She's. I had dinner with her last night. Yeah, she's a great woman. That's
0: Mm. great. So you live near her? Yeah. Okay, very cool. Wow. I mean, that's what I... I always see that. I have seen that pattern. You know, guys, a lot of times it's the guy in the spotlight, but there's never a man in the spotlight that is really worthy of the spotlight without an incredible woman of God behind him. So yeah. your your mom yeah. must be incredible. She should be writing the book. She
1: should write yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: What's it like yeah. <laughs> to live with Rambo? Because they've been oh. married 50 plus years, right?
1: They have. Yeah, they sure have. Mm. Yeah, they work hard. They... They're, they're both fiery, and they fire it out, and they make it happen. They're two of the most generous people I know.
0: And he and he talks about that. And yeah. And, and the book is full of examples of generosity. And and, really, and I love the fact that you guys are teamed up with Journey of Generosity and Generous Giving and National Christian Fund. These are organizations, Kingdom Advisors. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, your role, you're a content writer, you're a content controller, you control content. <laughs> you just got a content person. Yeah. You're your default for Kingdom Advisors, for the Ron Blue Institute. I mean, you're, you're writing and looking at content all the time.
1: I am. Yeah, it's a gift. Wow. To be able to do it.
0: I'm just, and, and it is a gift, and I'm so glad it's you. So <laughs> when you look at the organization, I mean, I love Kingdom Advisors. That was your dad's idea,
1: right? He and Larry Burkett. Larry Actually, Burkett. it was Larry Burkett's idea. It was. And when Larry was um, diagnosed, I think, with cancer, he came to my dad and said, Hey, I've got this thing that's in its infancy, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to go away. Would you help me take it over? So and, it was Larry Burkett's idea.
0: And we've highlighted Kingdom Advisors a couple times on the show, but it is the most undersold, incredible discipleship resource for people who are involved in the money world, Yes, I'll say. I mean, because it, it's not just for financial planners or advisors, it's also for insurance agents and uh, for... Um,
2: Lawyers, right? Yeah. 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 Estate, Estate planning planners, especially, yeah. Mortgage, mortgage folks.
0: Mortgage, mm-hmm. I mean, people that are helping give advice regarding money.
2: So, well, yeah, go ahead. To tell our listeners, I mean, you're saying who it's for, but what does it do? Ooh, right.
0: Well, well, let's let Karen Well, tell so us.
2: big
1: picture, you know, money issues are always heart issues, and mm. Christians in the financial services profession have a bigger platform into people's lives than even pastors, because when they talk about money issues, they're talking about heart issues. They're talking about their marriages. They're talking about their children. They're talking about their hopes and their dreams, and so... Oftentimes you have a financial advisor or somebody in that world who wakes up to that reality but then maybe doesn't know how to integrate this whole spiritual component, kind of how do I counsel people and walk people on a discipleship journey as it relates to the work that I already do that's very numbers-oriented and kind of process-oriented. So we help people. We train advisors to integrate those two things. We have all kinds of opportunities for training and community inside the Kingdom Advisor And advisors certification. World. Yeah, and certification. If you want to go all the way, you can take a online 20-hour course and end up with some extra letters after your name, the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation.
2: And probably something to hang on the wall. Yes,
1: yeah, something to hang on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's more than that. It is. No, it's a university housed program that's academically rigorous it's awesome i love it
0: and it really is a discipleship program it is i mean the Mm -hmm. people that go through the program are getting discipled so they can then take better care of from a biblical basis their clients whether their clients recognize it or not
2: yeah so if somebody that's listening is in one of those fields and this kind of resonates with them how did they learn about getting involved in kingdom advisors kingdomadvisors.com is probably the easiest place there you go yeah Yeah, and our i'll plug the annual
1: conference that we do every year we have over a thousand financial professionals coming in February mm-hmm. to Orlando. So this area, you wouldn't even have to buy a plane ticket. You could come. The tickets are now for sale for that, and it's three days of just amazing main stage speakers that are super inspiring, and then all kinds of breakout sessions. And you can earn CE credit for those. It's it's a great conference.
0: So kingdomadvisors.com, kingdomadvisors.com. Are you one of the speakers?
1: I'm not. Breakout no, speaker. I, I, Are you a breakout no, speaker? I am one of the just, worker bees. I help people. Help I the answer content. questions all day, every day for three days.
0: So it's in Orlando. You know the dates.
1: I will know the dates by the end of this segment. <laughs>
0: okay, good you know. answer. No because I'm going to keep right? you busy. It's February as long as it's not over the marriage retreat cruise, we're okay. Actually, I think, <laughs> I think it, it might. I think be. it, is. I think, I it actually, is. I think it is. <laughs> all right. So you and Doug have three kids.
1: That is correct.
0: You're a blended family.
1: That is also correct.
0: Talk about how the Lord took all the things you learned under your mom and dad about how to handle money and how that carried you through your divorce and yeah, into your new marriage.
1: Sure. Well, divorce is complicated. We said this at lunch today. It is very hard. It's not God's best. It's not his design. So going through a divorce, I was young. I think I was 27 and I, was teaching school so I had a job but suddenly being a single mom is intimidating and I was I'm not I am not a numbers person I really was the flit envelope girl so (laughs) I got pretty anxious pretty quickly that I was going to mess up my money and I remember sitting down with my dad at lunch one day and he literally walked me through the five principles that are one section of this book you know are you spending less than you earn are you avoiding debt are you giving are you setting goals? Are you saving money? And the answer, if all the answer to those things are yes, then you're, you're in good shape. You're okay. And obviously there's planning and there's constructs around those things. But I think what was the gift to me in that season was just being able to take a deep breath and realize that biblical financial wisdom is sometimes hard to execute on, but it is not hard to understand. It is very simple. And so I didn't didn't need to be stressed out about um, knowing kind of the big, complicated picture about money. I could just do the next right thing according to those five principles, and I I would be okay. And then as I moved into a season of dating and then remarriage, I married a man who actually happens to be in the financial... He's an accountant, so he doesn't work with clients, but he's very adept at numbers. And having gone through that season and getting my feet underneath me and kind of getting my own personal convictions around how I did my money with the Lord was very helpful in terms of the way that we interacted um, in our marriage and learned how to talk about money.
0: Well, and it's gotta be one of the things that would probably because you had been taught so much and he'd been taught so much money's probably not something. Well, was it, was it something you guys argued about a lot or did you, or was that the one place you're on? I mean, because blending families is always a little yeah, rough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, we, I think you're going to fuss about money in marriage because you have simultaneous <laughs> yes, competing priorities. The other One of the other things in the book is a pie diagram that shows mm-hmm. you have live, give, owe, and grow. So, you know, and each use of money, those are the four uses of money. Each one is completely legitimate. And some people elevate certain things over other things depending on where they are in life, how they're wired, what even what God's doing in their heart at the time. So those priorities are—they get in conflict. And so when we have competing priorities, we tend to have conflict. But it gave us— uh, paradigms through which we could have the conversation, which I think is huge for communication.
2: You know, so I'm sure that there are a lot of entrepreneurs and people that are in charge of the finances in some sort of an organization or in their own business or um, venture that they might be in. And if we can learn these principles for ourselves and then be able to incorporate them into whatever God has called us to be doing in our um, work life then just think of the, the um, perpetuation yeah. and the way that other people can gain that same knowledge and learn through example and start to ask questions. Why are you doing it this way? And um, I, just, I just see the ripple effect of that. Yeah. And I'm excited.
0: Karen. Yes. Three keys. Three we keys. Three keys. First one's perspective.
2: Yes, it is.
1: So my dad loves to use a diagram of an iceberg. And he talks about how 90% of the iceberg is under the waterline and 10% is above it. Mm -hmm. And financially, we tend to focus on the 10%. We want to know how to get better at finances, how to solve our problem. But really, it's a why issue. So perspective is about your why. And it's really about your heart. There are four perspectives, stewardship, wisdom, faith, and contentment. Stewardship says do I really believe that God owns it all? Because when I do, I open up my hand and allow him access to my resources, and I am surrendered to his leadership. It also, this part reveals what we think about God. Because if we're maybe hesitant in our belief that God is good or that he is sovereign, it comes home really quickly when we start to intentionally live out a, a life of stewardship. It teaches us really what our heart thinks about God, which is even bigger than our money. And it opens our hands. Wisdom, God gives us certain things in Scripture. They're not laws, and they're not necessarily promises, but there's financial wisdom throughout Scripture. I mentioned it earlier, spend less than you earn, avoid debt. These are the five principles. Give generously, maintain margin, and
0: uh, save for the unexpected, set long-term goals.
1: Yes, five. (laughs) Anyhow, these are the five things in scripture. They're, like I said, they're not complicated. So, but if we believe that God's wisdom is always going to work, then that sets us up for financial success because it's not hard. Faith says I'm on a journey with God. It's not just that God's over here telling me, you know, these wisdom principles, and then he wants me to go over here and do all this stuff with my money. It's saying that. My financial life and my faith life are together. They're always interconnected. And until I'm making decisions out of a dialogue with God, asking Him what His opinion is, then my money's not really being maximized in my life or in my spiritual life or in the the world around me. And then contentment. We talked about that. When we believe we're stewards and we're acting out of wisdom and faith, and we believe that what we have already is enough because He's given it to us, we're set. We can go do the hard stuff. We can— tackle the problems that are on our plate financially, we can have the hard conversations. But those are the four things that let me sleep at night. During my season of single parenting and even in the transition to being remarried, I am not a numbers person. I forget, if you show me my spreadsheet of what, you know, my dollars and cents are, I won't remember it because I just this doesn't stick in my head. But these four things, if I'm concerned about my financial situation, I can go to bed at night and I can say, Karen, Are you trusting God that he owns it all? Are you leaning into his wisdom? Are you talking to him about your money? And at the end of the day, are you content where you are? Because he's enough. And if those four answers are yes, then the other stuff will come. But that's what lets us sleep at night.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people think that faith only comes into play when you're giving. Yeah. Uh, And it does. I I mean, faith, I mean, that's the one mathematical formula in the world that doesn't match up. You know, 100% of what you have minus 10% of what you need equals 100% of what you need. That's right. And, and that's that math formula that goes behind the giving. And people think, well, that's the only part I really have to have faith in. Right. But yet, being a steward and learning to be content and learning to trust the wisdom, the over 2,200 and 2,350 verses right. in the scripture about money and possessions, I mean, trusting God, I mean, there's, there's some big faith issues in all those places. Sure.
1: Yeah. And we want, I think we want it to be more formulaic than it is. Because we want to get out of that faith part, we, don't, we you want know, to eliminate
0: the God factor. We do.
1: We want control, yeah, and so I think when we start having conversations with God about money, it gets real interesting and fun real fast.
0: Which is which part of that is the toughest for
1: Karen? Guess that's a great question too. You ask good questions. <laughs>
0: You can try to get out of that one? like you No, can try to get out. no. the
2: phone's no. not going to ring for you. <laughs> that's <laughs> <Like> right. <laughs> now,
0: we have had two winners, though. If you'd like to get a copy of Karen's book while she's thinking, 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673.
1: Yeah, I think that in marriage, since today is Together Tuesday, together on Tuesdays yeah. with Jim and Martha Brandberg. Yes. That's right. I think it, the faith part, hearing from the Lord together and learning what that means to seek his wisdom, and to have a conversation with God about financial... It's bringing a third person into the conversation, which is good. But let's face it, that's also a little bit complicating. So w- figuring out how to walk with my husband in faith together around our money mm. has been a journey, a good one. But it's it doesn't just come.
0: In 10 years, are you there? Are no. you wa- No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get there? In 31 yeah. years, are on you mo- there? On
0: money-wise, I don't think we argue about money. Too
1: no, yeah, I'm not talking about not arguing. Talk. I'm talking about having being willing to, instead of just making a snap good decision, well, we think this is a great decision, the two of us. And not that everything has to be a big, you know, long, drawn out thing. But like we were challenged even over the weekend at church about an issue in our financial life that we really need to be bringing before the Lord. And we've just been doing it kind of out of of our agreement instead of Mm. making it a place of pursuing faith oh, as a couple
0: putting it on the altar of god yeah we're still yeah. learning that that's that's a good point well and putting the faith in all of those categories
1: mm-hmm.
2: you're
0: right martha you've been quiet you're thinking about something what are you thinking about
2: Oh, no, i just think that i think that's so good because i think one of the things that we struggle with in our um in this whole conversation about marriage and finances is that we're both generous but generosity is one of Jim's core values. Mm-hmm. I know and obey and love being generous, but for Jim, it's a core value yep. of who he is. So sometimes we have some tension there just because it's not that I don't want to be generous, but God wired me differently right. than he wired Jim. And so um, sometimes mine is an act of obedience where his is instinctive. Yep. More heart, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And But that the good news is that puts that helps us think through things more clearly and her for part yeah, yeah cuz permanently yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> yeah. all right well you're listening to i work for Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we talk with Karen Guess about her latest book Never Enough 3 Keys to Financial Contentment she's speaking tomorrow at the Plan to Give conference check it out online at plantogiveconference.com she was she's an offspring of a super expert Ron Blue <laughs> Ron and Judy Blue. We now know Ron Blue's wife's name, Judy, and she should write a book about growing growing old with Ron Blue. Karen <laughs> Guest wrote this book with her dad called Never Enough: Three Keys to Financial Contentment. And, and right before the break, I said I was going to ask you a question. Yeah, I'm All scared. right, so here's a question. Go okay. Ahead. Blended family of three. You got the daughter in the middle, you got the two boys on the either end. You have been raised, immersed, almost bathed in the biblical principles of money and possessions yes. all of your life. All those 31 years or whatever they are. How are your kids doing absorbing what you've... Now, I, I understand you didn't raise all of the kids all this time, but you've got one that you've raised the entire time.
1: Yeah.
0: How is he doing absorbing what you've been grown up in? Because God doesn't have grandchildren. No. God's got children. So he how, doesn't. How's he doing? That's so um,
1: true. You know, it comes back a little kind of... I, I take heart in thinking about the way my parents interacted with us because I think about... Our kids, as they've grown up, and the bent that God puts in their heart, like you were saying, about generosity or even savings or whatever. So I see in our youngest a bent toward generosity. That child will give anyone anything at any time. It's beautiful. And in one of our other children, she's like a born budgeter. Her favorite class right now at college is cost accounting. That's sick. Yeah, it is. It's We're wrong. Left or right, like I know. Hard. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we've probably done okay is to help celebrate help our kids celebrate the way that God's made them. Mm-hmm. Um and we've had them on the envelope system. We have them when they turn 16, we have an arrangement around a car that we do with them and then they have to submit a budget and work with my husband on an ongoing basis around that. So they move from the envelope system into an online budgeting. They really don't
0: stand a chance in your household. You got, your husband's a CPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were raised by Ron Blue. That's right. I mean, these poor kids. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't screw up possibly with money and not get some sort of chastisement.
1: Oh, I hope not.
0: <laughs> well, that was meant to be in a nice way. I mean, like, I mean, really, do you realize who your grandfather is? Seriously, do you realize yeah. what your father
1: does all day long? You okay. know, that's funny, though, because prophet is without honor in his own country and my dad loved it when one of my nephews i I think there are 11 grandchildren for my parents 12 maybe anyway one of my nephews who's one of the youngest ones read not this book but the book previous to this that he had written and my father you'd have thought that somebody had thrown him the biggest party of all time that his grandson read his book it was really sweet that's great (laughs) yes so that let's talk about
0: this next Key yeah. five wise principles. You've already said them several times. Yeah, Th- these are so simple, yet these are absolutely revolutionary. If our country, yes. actually, if the majority of the families in this country would live by these five wise principles, that's right. And then we started to. Im- how about elect people that live by these principles? Yeah. Just imagine the impact. But go ahead. What are yeah. these? What are these so, five wise yeah. principles?
1: Spend less than you earn. <gasps> Avoid debt. I just got to stop you
0: there. Spend less than you earn. That just makes sense.
1: It does. Why
0: do we struggle with this concept? I don't
1: know. It's human, don't you think? We always think we can cheat the system. (laughs) And we have ways to do it now. Our credit cards and our Venmo and our PayPal and all of our things, they let us kind of go around the edges and then we're in trouble because we haven't stayed within the lines.
0: All right, so Human. the f- five principles start. The first one starts with one that just is staggeringly, amazingly smart. Yeah. Spend less than yeah. you make. That's really the one principle, earn.
1: yeah. Avoid debt, because if you're in debt, you're probably spending more than you earn. Mm-hmm. Give generously, which is really the key to unlocking our hearts.
0: Explain that for a minute, because a lot of people are like, you just want my money.
1: Oh, gosh, no, God doesn't need your money. It says in Psalms that he owns everything. The cattle, cattle on a thousand, on a thousand hills. hills. That's, That's right. right. So he wants to let us participate in what he's doing. And when we, it says also that our heart follows our money. So when we start to put our money where his heart is, our heart looks more like his over time. It's really amazing that we get to be generous.
0: Well, and it breaks down an idol. Yes. Because most of us have an idol of our money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it gives something. I mean, think about all the negative in marriage. Even think about how hard money is to talk about. Sometimes you've got debt. You've got. All kinds of things. Who doesn't honestly enjoy finding a place to bless somebody? Like that's a fun place to mm-hmm. come together around money. That's a that's like Sabbath. You it, know, it's it's, it's a, awesome.
0: It is one of the sermons you hardly ever hear about the true gift of generosity. Yeah, because it is a it is you are more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah, I mean it, that is just so true. So spend less than you earn. Avoid debt. Give generously
1: yeah maintain margin and that's when you have savings know what you're going to do with it so we need to have a little bit of a plan for our savings whether it's paying off our debt having an emergency fund that's those are steps 1 and 2 and then we start to save for other things but be intentional with what the margin and then set long-term goals so thinking beyond just you know next week but what is it where are you headed And let that be a God conversation. That's a great place for faith to come in because you can ask God, what do you want me to do? And then it becomes a faith goal and not just a human goal. That's pretty fun.
0: Yeah. And when Martha and I set that long-term goal of being debt-free in 1999, we set that goal. Never did we imagine what God would have done to honor that goal that he placed in our hearts. Yeah. It just, I mean, it was just amazing.
2: Yeah. And you know what it was making me think about is the fact that it really circles back around because if you get to that fifth one and you're setting long-term goals, then you're going to see why, why you should exactly. spend less than you yeah. earn, why you should be, yeah. um, you know, avoid debt, why you should do this, give generously. So, it, you know, I love it because they all feed into each other.
0: Yeah. All right, third key. The pie. We love pie. Yeah. I, I grew up in Minnesota, so we really <laughs> love pie. I <laughs>
2: really love pie. The pie
1: diagram is just a simple pie chart. It's a shows the Five uses of money and we call it live, give, o, grow. And y'all think I can't count. (laughs) Live is what we spend on our living, obviously. Give is what we give. Two O categories. We can owe debt and we can owe taxes. And then grow is savings. And when you actually look at your money and the way that your cash flow goes out of your house and at the percentages inside of a pie diagram, it's shocking. And it's revealing. But it shows us that our money, we like to think our money's linear. We like to think we can solve our money and then go do our life. But the fact is that your money is always a part of your life, and it's a circle. Every decision affects every other decision. Mm-hmm. So when you put your money inside of a pie, it makes you realize what you're doing with it. It shows you that each of the uses of money is legitimate. Like it may be a season in your life when you're heavy-duty paying down debt. It may be a season in your life when you've got, you know, a live. You've got a parent that just moved in with you, so you're spending extra in your live category. Life and money are always connected, and having it in the pie and understanding that God, God's word speaks to each of those wedges. He has specific stuff that He says to us about each wedge of the pie. We unpack that in the book, so it helps us to just make better decisions when we have it in context and not just try to make individual decisions.
0: And I love the fact that give is first. Yeah, because if it's not first. There will be very little left to give.
1: That's right.
0: So you and Doug. Yeah. 10 years married, mm-hmm. three kids, yep, all teenagers and 20-year-olds. Which one of these keys is the biggest struggle for you? Which one of these pieces is the piece that you're working on right now? Of the three? Yeah, three. Or, or even a piece of the three.
1: Well, we've been using the pie a lot lately because we've got – he just changed jobs. We've got some real estate stuff that's shifted in our lives I'm looking at going back to school. So we've had to take a really big picture view of where are we spending our money Mm. and what kind of margin do we really have and what kind of goals are we going to prioritize. And and so the pie has helped us figure out where, how we're going to head where we want to go. So we we really have spent a ton of time in the pie in the last three months. <laughs> Jim would like
2: to spend <laughs> a ton of time in the pie. <laughs> yes, I would. We had key lime pie last night. <laughs> That's right.
0: So let me just ask this question. I should have. We should have spent more time in this one. But you were a single mom.
1: Yeah.
0: How t- talk to the single moms out there because we have a lot mm-hmm. of single moms that listen to the show about how faithful God is when faith comes into into this part of your world.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um. I mean, it's amazing when there's a thin line between what you feel like is survival and failure. Um, And that, for me, was a season of having to learn how to listen to God, but also having to learn, like I said at the beginning, um, it really revealed what I believed about God. Did, Did I believe that God was good and that He was trustworthy and that He was faithful? And He was. But getting it's a season of getting real and getting real around those questions is valuable and and he'll show up.
0: And you can get lots more of Karen's story from this brand new book, Never Enough: 3 Keys to Financial Contentment. Where can they find a copy of this online?
1: They can go to Amazon, they can go to Lifeway, they can go to broadmanandholman.com. So they can
0: get it they Then anyway. go to
1: barnesandnoble.com. Yeah.
0: Well, we'd rather them not go there. But okay, okay. Karen Guest, okay. <laughs> thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for lunch.
0: It, it, thank you thank for the lunch. Barbecue. That's right. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we tackled your money and financial issues related to your marriage. Just remember this one thing. I, I work, work For Him. him.